to Job 38. Job 38. Let me read the first 15 verses now. Job 38. If you're struggling to find it, it's just before Psalms. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it, and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far, you may come, and no further. Here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning, or shown the dawn its place? that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it. The earth takes shape like clay under a sill. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised hand is broken. So reads God's word. Let us come to God in prayer now and ask the Lord to help us to understand these words. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to sing those two songs as we focus on you as the creator. But Father, both of those songs lead us on from the creation to uh, the the one who, 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 who not only gave us this creation, but also gave his life for us. They lead us from the cross, from the, the creation to the cross. Father, we ask, Lord, that as we look at this passage, we will also be driven not only from the creation to the cross, but on to the new creation. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to understand your word this evening. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring about a change in our hearts, in our lives. And may our faith in you grow. And for those who do not know you, Lord, we pray that in your goodness you would open their eyes and may they see the Creator like they've never seen before. Help us now. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll turn with me back to that passage, if you shut your Bibles. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to follow, then please just 
by all means just get up and grab a Bible from the bookcase over there. Or I'm sure Femi, would you mind giving a Bible out to anyone who would like it? Oh no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone's got a Bible. It's fine. Not the problem. Okay. I think everyone's got a Bible, Femi, so it's okay. <laughs> Femi's going anyway. That's fine. Femi wants a Bible. Not a problem. Okay. Well, Job 38. Thank you. Imagine you're in the midst of a storm. What do you need? If you're in the midst of a storm, what do you need? Well, perhaps shelter, reassurance, or even a fluffy blanket, just to remind yourself uh, that all is well. Well, Job is in the midst of a storm. Not a weather storm, but an emotional, spiritual storm. His world, if you like, has collapsed around him. If you know the story of Job, um, then you know that he went through great struggles and difficulties. Job had lost his children, his standing in society, his health. He is in turmoil because it seems like he is facing nothing but God's wrath. However, Job knows he is a forgiven sinner. He knows that. He knows that God is merciful and, and he's given his life to God and he doesn't understand what or why this is happening. After all, he would have heard right from a, a young age, if you like, that God blesses those who look to him. And those who don't look to him will experience God's curse. And yet here he was, seemingly to experience God's curse, and he doesn't understand. And he's starting to grasp that there is such a thing as innocent suffering. But he doesn't have the answers. And Job is crying out for the answers. He wants the answers. He's in the midst of a storm and he wants reassurance. He wants the reminder that all is well with his soul. He wants that reminder. But Job, of course, is unaware that the accuser has come before God. Why? Because he is blameless. Because he was looking to God. That's the reason why he's going through that. But Job doesn't know that. It's a mystery to him. And what we have here in Job 38 verse 1 is both amazing and terrifying for Job. Amazing. He's been crying out for God to speak. And what do we read? Then the Lord spoke to Job out of a storm. That's what he wanted. And yet, it would have been frightening the very one that, that you, although he never accused God of wrongdoing, he got so close to it. He certainly didn't curse God, but the implications of what he said was, well, God must have been mistaken. God must have got it wrong. And God appears before him. No wonder Job is frightened. Now, we're not going to be looking at all of these chapters today. Oh, well, not, not, not for a long time. We have gone through these before. Chapter 38 to 42 is very much God's 
response, gracious response, but it doesn't give us the answers. That's the thing. But what it does do is God gives him many pictures that make up a whole picture. If we can just put this up, Simeon. Uh, it's obviously the Queen's Jubilee. This was taken a, a, of, uh, of uh, a few years ago now. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing similar artwork, but this is obviously our Queen. And you can see there's, if you like, two pictures here. But one big picture. Here's the Queen, okay? But if you look closely, look what you see. Lots of little pictures depicting those whom she rules over. And, and in a sense, that's what we've got here in Job 38. And indeed, all these chapters following on. We have in Job lots of little pictures of God's hand in creation. Okay? But, or not just creation, but, but ruling this world. And yet, if you'd like, if you stand back, they all make one big picture of the God who not only is all-powerful, but the God whom we can trust even when we don't understand what is happening. So, let's look then at these few verses, 4 to 15, together. And these passages, together, make up a bigger picture of God and his care, his power and his wisdom. Many of us, well let's, let's first of all then see that creation is a, a joyful, uh, let's see that creation is a joyful building project. That's the first thing we need to see uh, this evening, that creation is a joyful building project. Look at verses 4 to 7. I think many of us can remember uh, when Abbey Wood Rail Station, when they first started to knock it down and rebuilt it, and we saw the footings. We were there when they started that that building project all those years ago, which opened just last week. We were there. But even then, I don't think anyone in this room was consulted as to how they should build it. None of us here, they didn't say, oh, we've got a problem with this geology here. Can you help us? Not one person in this room was consulted. Well, in a far greater way, God, the creator, when he made this world, he didn't need to go to someone to ask for advice. He was all wise. He knew what he was doing. He didn't need a counsellor. And that's what these verses are saying. Where were you when I laid Earth's foundation? You weren't there. We may have been there for happy work, but we certainly weren't there for the, the creation of the world. Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? You weren't there. Surely you know. In other words, you don't know. Who stretched out a measurement upon it? On what, its, on, on what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? You see, we were there. But God is all wise. And when we look at creation, when we look at this wonderful world around us, we can understand that God is wise. 
And he knows what he's doing. And we can trust him even when we are completely out of our depth in sorrow and confusion. We can trust God. Though Father, Son, the Spirit were there at the beginning, from eternity past, no one needed to help God. He is wise. If you want to know more on this theme, then have a look at Job, sorry, Isaiah 40, and you'll see exactly the same thing. There, Israel thought that they had, that God had forgotten them. And God says, no, I haven't forgotten you. I'm all powerful. Why would I forget you? Am I too weak? I can't save you? No, look at the stars. They testify to my power. I am the created God. And so, when we look at creation around us, it shouts to us. Not only is there a creator, but there is a wise, good God who made this world. And we can trust him. And the more we look at this wonderful world, I enjoy watching a YouTube channel called The Action Lab, which is all about physics practically applied. Uh, and it's tremendous to see these laws that are, are, are there in this universe. Well, who made those rules? Who made physics what it is? God did, because he's all wise. And if his wisdom is not lacking when he made this world, then we can still trust him now. His wisdom continues. But the second thing I wanted to see is not only... Um, oh, I, I didn't actually bring out the, the, the last part of verse 7 here, did I? Well, the morning stars sang together and the angels, notice this, shouted for joy. They shouted for joy. Um, it does say the, um, the sons of God, um, but it's most likely that it is referring to the angels as they looked down and saw this world coming to being and they celebrated. Well, we have every reason to celebrate now, do we not? Even though we live in a fallen creation, we can celebrate the creator who made this world. Or secondly then, moving on swiftly, let us see that uh, not only is the creation a, a wonderful building project and shows God's wisdom, we also see secondly, verses 8 to 11, that evil is limited. Evil is limited. Look at these verses now. Who shut up the sea behind the doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no further? Here is where your proud ways halt. Now on its own, it looks like another uh, creation picture, doesn't it? Uh, that shows God's wisdom in creating visible boundaries such as the coasts and where the waves break over. And that might be what it's saying, but it has to, it, in context, it seems to be saying so much more, especially with that word proud waves. Indeed, the culture at the time knew exactly what they thought when they saw the sea 
They didn't like it. For them it pictured uh, the restless evil. We've all been there, haven't we? Standing at the coast with a storm coming in. And we can see the power of the waves as it hits um, the, the shore and, and throws up spray. Uh, if you've ever gone around various places in England, and such as Happisburg over in Norfolk, that area has shrunk a 100 metres in 20 years. And they're saying by the end of this century, the town will be gone. It's the erosion is that bad. Well, that's the power of the sea. It's like a restless evil. And that's how people in Job's day saw the sea. Of course, a restless evil that we can control when we build our ships. But then the sea comes and takes our ships away. But here, what we have is a reminder that God says, thus far you can come and no further. And to evil, God says, you can come this far and no further. And for Job, that would have been an encouragement. It's not an answer. It's not telling him why this happened. It's simply saying that God is still in control. He hasn't gone out of the office. He hasn't, it's not as if there's a power that's greater than him. But there is a mystery here. We don't know why God allows these things to happen. We don't have the answers. But I I love the imagery here. Look at verse 8. It, 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 it seems that, that evil is like a baby that's been born. And that's what evil is before God. Nothing but an out of control baby. God is still sovereign over the terrible things that happen. Now, as I said, we don't have the answers why God allowed Putin and indeed um, Russian, uh, the Russian Russia over the many, many years to do what they're doing? We don't know. We don't know why God has allowed dictators throughout the world to reign. But we do know none of them reign forever because God says, thus far and no further. We don't know Why God uh, allowed yet another shooting just this week? If I had the answer, I would tell you, but we don't. All we know is that God is still in control. And we need to hold on to that. Because God says, thus far and no further. We have to trust him. Like Job who lost his whole family. We have to trust God. Because creation is telling us. So when you go to the the sea and, and, and even see a bit of coastal erosion, know that God has said, thus far and no further. And if he said that of the sea, he certainly said that of evil. But one last thing before we pray. Evil will one day be destroyed. Look at verses 12 to 15. Again, in these verses, we see God's power displayed. 
He's the one who gives orders to the morning. And yet note the language that's used. Let me read it to you. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? That it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out. Did you see that there? Shake the wicked out of it. The earth takes shape like clay under a sill. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, which is nothing but darkness, of course. And their upraised hand, about to act, is broken. I remember as a 17-year-old driving up Box Hill near where we used to live in Surrey and watching the sun arise over the, um, from, from the hill. All was dark and with little shape or form. And then the light started to break and the stunning beauty of Box Hill and the other hills around there came into sharp focus and the darkness disappeared. And I was taken up with the glorious day of the sun shining in. Well, we've all been there, haven't we? At various places around the globe where we've seen the sun rise and the darkness is swallowed up by the light. That's the imagery here that that God is saying to Job. I'm not going to tell you why this is happening. I'm not going to give you easy answers. But what I will say is this. Each dawn is a picture of the final judgment. Each dawn is a picture that God will one say, Enough! And the wicked will be gone. Each dawn is a reminder of what God will one day do. He shakes the wicked out. Almost as if you're having a picnic and you, you shake out all the dust and the, and, the, and the grass seeds on it. You shake it out. And God's going to do that with the wicked. The very structure of each new day is a picture of what God will one day do to the wicked. But what is our hope today? Well, our hope is in the Creator who made this world, who restrains wickedness and indeed one day holds the wicked to account. Job trusted God and that trust was strengthened as he heard all these little pictures making up the bigger picture. Well, we need passages like this to build our faith. But we actually have more light than Job. What do we have? Well, we have the whole, we have his whole story. We know what went on. We can answer the questions he couldn't hear the answer to. But also we have the whole scripture. Indeed, we know one who was to come into this world. One who took on himself the wickedness of this world, who, 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 who suffered at the hands of wicked people, who was put to death for sinners, though he had done no wrong. And death was not the end. Yes, he was laid in the tomb, but remember what happened? There was a dawn, wasn't there? The sun rose, and Jesus was not there. He has risen. And a new day has dawned. The new creation has dawned. And so for you and me today, we can celebrate that Jesus is alive. He has risen. And one day he will return and complete what has already started.
when our loved ones die, that's not the end. But we look forward to the day when we will see them again, those in Christ, and we will celebrate with them this new creation where there is no wickedness anymore. So although we can't answer those questions, why did God allow? Why is God allowing the war in Ukraine? What we can say is that God has a wisdom that we know nothing of. He is so wise, we have every reason to trust him. What we can say, secondly, is that God restrains wickedness. And thirdly, what we can say is that one day God will say enough. It's all started at the cross. And we look forward to when Jesus would return again. Amen. Amen.